What about the animal cargo? Don't worry about it. It's just one little raccoon. If I were you, I'd turn back. Yeah? Well, if you were me, then I'd be you. And I'd use your body to get to the top. You can't stop me no matter who you are. <laughs> Hi, guys. This is David Day. Want to hear a story about my balls? We just got a real corporate sponsor, Manscaped.com. And if you use code HMT at checkout, you can get 20% off on all products at Manscaped.com. Also, free shipping. Make sure to listen to the mid-roll following our scores for the movie to hear all about my nuts. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk. An opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Go, 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 go. Also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. Wow, that didn't sound good. That did not sound good. Hey guys, and welcome to Horror Movie Talk. I, as always, am your host, Professor David Day. I'm the foremost expert in scare no-nos, and across from me sits... Bryce Hansen. But not only does Bryce Hansen sit across from me, also... I don't know. I don't know how long you've been listening to horror movie talk, dear listener. But if you've been listening for a while, you know about our hard fucking artist, the very man himself, Dustin Goble. He is on a screen across from me. Hi, Dustin. How are you? Hey guys, how's it going? It's going great, man. How did we get so lucky to get you on a show? <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. Uh... Boy, that's. <laughs> I'll tell you how. Never mind. <laughs> I'll tell you how you you recommended this movie to us. I did. I recommended this movie. I, I watched it uh, a few weeks ago, and I had no one to talk to about it. And uh, I was stuck at home and quarantined, and uh, you know I had nothing to do but to bug you guys about it. So. And now you're on a, a horror movie talk podcast to talk, to talk about it. So see when 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 you need things. Sometimes the universe provides, right? <laughs> so, right. so if you guys uh, want to help us out, you can check us out at our website. That's horrormovietalk.com. And from there, you can find links to all of our social media. Check out our YouTube uh, page and uh, subscribe over there because, well, there's maybe, hopefully, something something coming down that line sometime soon we post new episodes of the podcast every single wednesday so make sure to subscribe and leave a rating on apple podcast and finally if you'd like to get a hold of us and tell us that we're wrong or tell us that we're right or have us settle a bet for you uh, make sure to call us at our voicemail line at 682-253-4468 we have a fabulous show for you guys today not only do we have Dustin Goebel here to to talk with us about this movie, but this movie is uh, this is a crazy fucking movie. Yeah, um, today we're gonna. Be, <laughs> it is a ride. Today we're gonna be talking about Possessor, uh, which was just Possessor Uncut. Yeah, Possessor Uncut. My apologies. We will be um, 
We will be... Which I think is false advertising, to be honest. How do you mean? Because there is a lot of uncircumcised... There's a lot of circumcised penises in this movie. Oh. Like, oh. I was expecting mostly circum- uncircumcised, since it was uncut. But they cut them all. But they, they are all cut. Yeah, this movie just actually came... Like, this is one of the first movies to hit theaters um, this... You know, since, since, uh, well, I don't know, since whatever it was that happened, I can't remember what it was. Um, but, uh, the thing that stopped us from going to theaters. Uh, so we'll start out this episode by giving us a brief review and our score for the movie. We score on a scale of one to ten. One being a miserable dredge where it makes you angry that you had to sit through the movie. Five being a totally average film that hits all the expected marks. And ten being so good that it transcends genre boundaries. After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. And later in this episode, we will be doing two bits. We will be doing Kill Count, reviving that old chestnut, old chestnut, that's <laughs> chestnut. And uh and also we will be doing HMT Horse. Uh we failed to mention to new listeners, like, mm. we're kind of a big deal. Oh, like, okay. We are a top 10 podcast. Oh, a top 10 uh, in all of podcasting? (laughs) Well, in film reviews. Oh, well, that's, hey, that's still pretty funny. Podcasts on Apple Podcasts. Top 10. Top 10. Man. We got up to seven this last week. Yeah. It's all downhill from here. It's all downhill. (laughs) Yeah. Nine yesterday and 10 today. So by the time you listen to this. Will just be a merely piece of shit top twenty probably. Jesus Christ, <laughs> amateur hour. So um, we did see Possessor Uncut, which, like I said, is a new flick released in twenty twenty. And wow, what a disturbing masterpiece of a film! Uh, this this did come, like I said, highly recommended by our hard fucking artist Dustin Goble. Um, and you're I, welcome. yeah, you're, thank you. And I was not let down at all. So without any further ado. Let's get into the trailer. You have a very special nature. One we've worked hard together to unlock. Oh, meow. The results are normal. Anything you want to flag? No. No, I'm fine. Oh, hi, darling. How was your trip? Dull. Extraordinarily dull. Our next contract's a big one. The target is the CEO of the largest operation in the U.S. You'll be binding to Colin Tate. We can't afford any mistakes on this one. Ready? Today. What do you mean? I'm in place. Can we help you? Finish this. What are you doing? I can't pull the trigger. I need to know. To know what she's done to me. It's become a danger. Where is she? Come out 
do it! Sometimes, that small thought is all it takes to lose control. So, Possessor Uncut follows Tasia, uh, played by Andrea Riceborough, who you might remember from such films as Mandy. She was Mandy mm-hmm. in Mandy. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> who is... What was the other movie she was in that we mentioned? It was Mandy from Mandy. We just reviewed something that she was in. I can't recall. Um, but uh, she is the most incredible mercenary for hire maybe ever. Um, she works for a secret organization that seems to use brain implant tech to put her consciousness. Now stick with me here to put her consciousness into the bodies of people who can get close to important people. So AKA those, her targets. So, um, her job is to inhabit the consciousness of strangers, take control of their body and use their body to assassinate people for, presumably, very rich corporations and clients. As we follow Tasia, we learn that she is the best at what she does, but also that there seems to be a time limit on how long you can be in possession of others before there is a danger that you can lose yourself in the process. So basically, like... Um, there's, uh, it seems like there's a time limit on this kind of being this kind of mercenary. You right. can kind of lose your mind if you're, if you are constantly in other people all the time, there's a piece of you that gets lost and. Yeah. There's a, uh, for humans, there's a use by date in this circumstance. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, as we follow Tasia, we learn that she is, oh, uh, I already said that. As the movie progresses, we get a real look into what makes us empathetic humans and the real ramifications of our actions if we let our moral compass slip for too long. Um, what a what a crazy fun movie this was. Possessor Uncut is directed by Brandon Cronenberg, yeah, the son of that other Cronenberg. Uh, and, uh, it's more than just an interesting concept. This is like a complete package sort of movie. Uh, tremendous effort has gone into setting the dark and sad mood and Possessor Uncut presents some very fucked up ideas into what seems like a not so distant real future, which kind of makes it all much more (laughs) disturbing because I could kind of see a lot of this already taking place. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd give it about 10 years, and we're probably there. This could definitely happen, um, you know, with Elon Musk and his Neuralink and, you know, all this data mining that's happening. It's uh, it's definitely uh, it's going to happen soon, which is frightening. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if I could get that job identifying drapes and from people's room that are fucking, like, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> And the carpet did match the drapes there. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, the acting and film craft in this movie is stellar, but the imagery and ideas in this movie are so much more depraved than even the most intense gore porn entry because it seems like we aren't far off from this being a potential reality. I mean, we're sitting across um, 
the country right now talking to Dustin via a webcam and Skype um, on a podcast. Uh, and what a country, what a country. So it just uh, it seems like to me this this struck home because of how potentially real it could all be. Um, there were parts in this movie where I actually covered my eyes because I was fearful that I would see something that I couldn't unsee. And uh, finally, my last kind of mention uh, of my review is that this is definitely an artistic film. Uh, Bugsy would call this pretentious, pretentious for sure. Um, but it doesn't hang its hat on the art. It really. I don't know. I mean, what? I think the gore might win Bugsy over. It's got something think, for everybody. Yeah. It, the the and ultra violence in this movie. There's is tits. Un- there's ass. There's penis. There's yeah, gore. There's something for everybody. Psychological terror, and and it goes so hard in the violence. Right. Like this yeah. is one of the most truly and real life violent seeming. You know, like the bludgeoning scenes in this are Oof. long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I would kind of compare it to um, like High Tension, that French film. Have you guys seen that? Mm-mm. I haven't seen it yet, uh, but I've heard that okay. one's pretty violent. Yeah. Sounds pretentious. It's it's just, yeah, it is very pretentious. And, uh, you know, it's not just a close-up of a knife going down and then, you know, blood going down the drain. This is, you know, this isn't someone getting stabbed once. This is, like, 20 times. And you're, like, watching the entry wounds just, like, turn to this muck. Yeah. It's it's horrible. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a really crazy, uh, crazy amount of violence. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. Uh, it really stands on the concept that it presents, which is the loss of privacy and the danger of losing control of one's self. Our inherent lean toward the voyeuristic uh, can result in the loss of self, and that may be the scariest and most insidious thing that I can imagine. Um, so that's my review for Possessor. What did uh, What did you think, I Bryce? Find, I find it so interesting that you're going the route of this could be a reality. And so that last sentence actually makes sense. Like I get it, what you're going for in terms of like being able to inject yourself into someone else's memory. No, not that. Like, no, not so much. No, I don't Um, think that's super realistic. Um, like may. Yeah. Not yet anyway. Um, but, but more specifically the things that I was talking about that really, truly disturbed me were the the job that 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 this our one of our main characters had which was um you know he would go into a room full of people with VR headsets and he would put on his own VR headset and then he would he would just tap into people's webcams that they had left open um and presumably they they didn't know he was looking through their webcam, but then his job was to identify drapes, like specifically his job. Like the guy next to him was probably his job was to identify shoes or the yeah. carpet or um, but I mean, this isn't far off because like I think there's it's known there's like Samsung TVs that will listen to conversations, conversations that, that are happening while you're watching TV. Oh, well, there's I mean, your Amazon remote, your Fire Stick remote listens to everything that you say every everything indiscriminately because it's just waiting it's just waiting mm-hmm. for you to say the right thing and that's how they get in so the, he's he's watching to to see what kind of curtains everybody has so that 
so that pres- presumably to to do a remarketing campaign. Yeah, never never really explained why they need to know what kind of drapes are in people's houses, but you know someone's got to do it. Yeah. What did you think about this movie, Bryce? Yeah, I loved it. It's um, right right in that sweet spot of um, artsy, uh, like off-putting in that it doesn't hold your hand and shows you some real disturbing stuff and stuff that's like really surreal, you know, and especially in the internal kind of mindscape parts. And then just goes the full spectrum of you know future dystopia to just torture porn basically to psychological or it's it checks a lot of boxes in an impressive way like i don't think in it i can identify yeah and it's tasteful yeah it's it's i can't identify a movie that that um is such a complete has such a spectrum yeah of of things that it approaches and it does it really well. Like <clears throat> I'm still a little confused. There's some stuff that I don't quite like have set away in my head. Mostly like, is this <laughs> is, um, what's her name? Tasia. And- Andreas. Yeah. Is Tasia just a psychopath? Like, is that what, <laughs> what it comes down to is like, Oh yeah. She's just, she just really, really likes killing people. Yeah. Or is it like a breakdown or is it a, she is a psychopath and she's her like walls are breaking down while she's doing this. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a good, um, like, um, psychological analysis of the characters and, um, it's really fun, fun watching all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think, Dustin? Um, I mean, I I keep thinking about this movie, and I I want to say this is probably my new favorite. Um, it's I was blown away by it, and and just the concept, like you said, David, of control and having control of yourself, and um, you know how much influence does your family have on uh, you know the decisions you make. Uh, or or your work how much how much you know how many times do you decide something because of your job or the media or and then you like start going down this rabbit hole and eventually you get down to like is there a god uh how you know it uh is how many of my decisions are based on you know this blueprint that maybe you know has been preconceived and then like next thing you know you're looking at the clock and it's you know, 3 a.m. and you can't sleep because you're so freaked out. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, it's just that concept alone. And then it's just well done, like you guys said. I mean, shot for shot, it's amazing. It forces you to to really focus on things. And, in fact, like some of the shots, um, you know, there'll be this shallow depth of field. So you're forced to kind of focus on things. And like you said, with the violence and stuff, it, it doesn't just – show you a glimpse it makes you uncomfortable yeah i mean it's uh, i'm thinking of movies like if you could take several movies and have them like combine their genes to make this movie what movies would be in that list like for me it's blade runner yeah um yeah um 
like hostile. Like it's got some Eli Roth in there mm. just from the torture porn stuff. Um, like, you know, some of these like dysto- dystopian, like, but not quite dystopian futures like her, um, or another movie that this reminded me of actually a little was piercing. Well, yeah, no, I, I said the same thing. Uh, and not just because the, of yeah. the lead actor. Right. Um, I realized it was like, this guy looks familiar. Yeah. What do I know? Immediately. Him from? I was like, that's the guy from piercing. Yeah. And, uh, and no, yeah, this does feel, it feels like some David Lynch movies to me. Um, yeah. this feels like blue velvet big mm-hmm. time. Um, like the, uh, the willingness to, to look at like the perversion of like the, of, of how, how weird people can get. Um, yeah, I, I think I, this is like my favorite type of um pretentious movie <laughs> is, is like the tasteful surrealism like that's that's like the hallmark for me is if it uses like the surreal and the completely like experimental in a very tasteful way mm-hmm. um it, yeah it's it can controlled pull to where it's like this can exist because it's existing in where you know this kind of shit does exist which is in the mind right or you know representationally right of something oh, and that's a love white coloring a tasteful thickness of it oh my god it even has a watermark <laughs> yeah so i mean uh the movie definitely uh you should watch it in my opinion uh whoever you are uh this is this is a great great movie um my score for this is this is a 10 out of 10 movie um i don't know if i don't know anything about um this cronenberg uh if this is his i have done no homework on whether or not this is his first i think i read it was his his second feature film he's done shorts it's impressive as shit that this is i think uh, he he did like a anti-viral yeah anti-viral 2012 a lot of people in the Facebook group have been saying that it's really good. So, yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm really impressed with it. Um, I don't think I have. Yeah, I think this one's going to stick with me. So I I don't have a reason not to give it a ten out of ten. Right. Like I can't find any flaw in the movie. Like it, the intention of it is just pulled off perfectly. It's really good. Yeah, so obviously 10 out of 10 from both of us. What about you, Dustin? What's your score for this? Uh, Yeah, yeah, 10 out of 10. I mean, I, I only have one small issue that kind of pulled me out of the movie, and we can talk about that more in the um, in the spoilers section. But, I mean, it's such a minor thing. Yeah, not enough that, dicks. No. Yeah, <laughs> there should have been at least three more chicks with dicks in this movie. <laughs> wow, you're not allowed to say that ever. Did you, did you know that's not the, what they're called? They prefer to be called, um, <laughs> I'm not touching this. <laughs> you did the worst thing by calling attention to oh, it. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> well, in any event, there was a lot of dicks in this movie. There was a lot of, there was a lot of, um, a, a lot of, uh, you know, sex in this movie. And, and let me tell you, this, this is a good segue, uh, because some of them could have been cleaned up. You know, you could have cleaned those. You, you got to keep your junk 
looking good. Oh, boy. And, uh, and in order to do that, you need the best in the business. You need Manscaped.com, man. They come in there with that perfect package, 3.0. So, so no joke, uh, Manscaped approached us, and they want to run some ads with us, and they gave us a, a coupon code to use at checkout. That's HMT. Like I said at the start of this show, that gets you 20% off your order at manscaped.com and it also gets you free shipping so you really don't have you really don't have any excuse not to not to keep your nuts all trimmed up i'm glad that we live in a woke culture to where men can talk about manscaping oh yeah man like it's it's a secret shame Mm-hmm. You know, your your testicle hair. Yeah. Just gets in it gets in the way all the time. Let me yeah. tell I have a story about this. So so when uh, I'm going to I'm this is this is pretty personal. So okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's you know, when you're talking about your junk, it's all kind of personal, you know, but uh, but, you know, when one of the one of the first times I was uh, I was getting frisky with my now wife, um, you know, I um I went to, you know, I don't, you know, we were, we were making love uh-huh. and, uh, and I went to, I went to spank her, her ass, but I, I overreached and ended up tapping myself in the nut. Uh-huh. Um, and it crippled me. Uh, it was astonishing pain. And, uh, and I rolled off of the bed in, 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 you know, crying from, from essentially really having laid into my, my nut. And I'm not saying that that manscaped would have helped this situation but may, i mean with maybe, like a, with, maybe with a little bit more trimming maybe i wouldn't have got caught so much nut and, i mean it's if you have like a, a big old hairy bush like it really keeps things warm down there and then when your testicles are warm they kind of hang yeah they hang they dangle a little more that's right and so you probably just over, underestimated the dangle Whereas, yeah. like, if you had manscaped, it would have been they would have been like nice and cool and close to the close to the skin. Yeah, and if you're a real hairy guy, like my brother, I'm gonna put him on blast too. He's a real hairy motherfucker, and he's known this for his his whole adult life. He's kept himself all trimmed up, and it looks you know it looks respectable instead of scary. You know, when 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 you see a guy that that keeps himself trimmed up. So don't be that hairy guy. Uh, Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their perfect package 3.0. Inside the perfect package, you'll find their electric trimmer called the Lawn Mower 3.0. This waterproof and skin safe technology trimmer will reduce nicks to your little your little pumpkins and uh, you can also create less mess by trimming in the shower or using the magic mat that comes with in the in the perfect package 3.0 this is genius they give you a mat dude i can't tell you how many times i've been left in the in the bathroom with just a big pile of hair Uh on the floor and no way to get it up yeah try to trim over the the toilet and it just goes everywhere you know right looks like a run well really just a run-of-the-mill public restroom (laughs) (laughs) And of course, let's not forget about the crop preserver, the anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. That's right. They got you covered for even your smells. So you already put deodorant on your armpits. Why not put deodorant on the smelliest part of your body, your scrum? 
the Perfect Package 3.0 also includes anti-chafing performance boxer briefs that keep your package cool and smelling fresh all day. For on-the-go freshness, you'll love the Crop Reviver, which is ball toner spray. I, I mean, it's... It's, it really is the the complete package. Just the care that you can take care of your balls oh, is astonishing. Now. I'm, I, I, the ball the ball uh, technology. Yeah, at Manscaped. Is yeah, really impressive. Yeah, so get twenty percent off and free shipping. Like I said, with the code HMT at manscaped.com. Stay sexy this Halloween. Your balls and your significant other will thank you. Um, again, get twenty percent off. And free shipping with the code HMT at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Yeah. And, and use code HMT. Trick or treat. <laughs> keep your balls neat. So we're actually, yeah, this is exciting because uh, you guys, if you can support the people who, who support us, that helps us out a lot. Obviously, this is a free podcast and we don't have <laughs> any way to support ourselves other than um, then, you know, the kind people who are our patrons and, you know, advertisers. So, and this is a new thing for us. So, you know, po pony up if, if you'd like. Also, um, uh, you guys should check out Shudder. Um, that's the world's premier streaming service for horror, thriller, and supernatural content. You go, you all know Shudder. Um, they are the Netflix of horror and they are spooky 24 7, 365, but they like to be a little extra spooky for Halloween. And this year they're going all out by turning the normal, normal 31 days of Halloween into 61 days of Halloween. That's right. A two month celebration of their favorite season featuring weekly originals and exclusive movie premieres including hp lovecraft's color out of space starring nicholas cage the second season of amc's nosferatu we also have glenn danzig's verotica which is a hilariously bad movie that you should watch <laughs> uh you should watch that for just a laugh because it's uh it is it's one of those movies you watch with a group of people and point and laugh um, it also, it also has Scare Me, starring Aya Cash from The Boys and You're the Worst. Also, Josh Rubin and, uh, Chris Red are in Scare Me as well. Um, and 61 Days of Daily Recommendations from Shudder curator Sam Zimmerman. It's the perfect month to get Shudder, so get your 30-day free trial. Um, I know we've used Shudder several times on our reviews. Uh, we've watched, um, Kuso. All yeah, Kuso right. and, and um, Sleepaway Camp, Sleepaway Camp, Halloween, Halloween, the Changelings on there. Lots of good classic horror, lots of international horror and and uh, Shudder exclusives as well. So check them out. Do you, have you watched anything on Shudder recently? Oh, yeah, man. Uh, well, I mean, the, the nice thing about Shudder is they have all these curated lists. And so sometimes, you know, you don't want to you don't want to go back to the same old thing, you know, so, um, they got good ways to discover stuff. So I think, uh, I think I watched the whaling, uh, recently. Mm -hmm. That was pretty good. I was kind of drunk, so I can't, I can't really recall to try shutter free for 30 days. Go to shutter.com and use pro promo code HMT. That's shutter.com S H U D D E R. So again, to try shutter for free for 30 days, use code HMT. 
at Shutter.com. And finally, some plugs for us. You guys, if you'd like to support the podcast, you head on over to our website, HorrorMovieTalk.com, and you click on either one of the links at the top. One of those brings you to our Patreon page, and from there, you can get access to our uh, our whole other podcast that's been running on there for over a year called the Afterpod, where we just leave the mics running. Uh, also, you get a bunch of other perks for signing up at different levels of patronage. So help us out by doing that or uh, at horrormovietalk.com. You can click the link at the top of the page there. It says buy stuff on Amazon and then you buy things on Amazon after you click that link. And, you know, we get a little, little, little little bit of whatever you buy mm-hmm, little, mm-hmm, little, mm-hmm, and there's mm-hmm. no extra cost to you um and we fun- should we should let uh dustin read this in the first person oh yeah do you want to <laughs> do you want to read uh your your read dustin okay all right uh check out our resident artist dustin goble a professional artist who fucks hard he also takes commissions for artwork from hmt fans contact him at D Goebel zero zero that's D G O E B E L zero zero on Instagram and make your artistic dreams come true. Tell him HMT sent you. Can you tell us how, how do you fuck hard? Like, I mean, we all know you fuck hard, but, but well, you know, the, it's the like methodology. That, well, it's, it's like that song, right? Um, the tenacious D song. You know, yeah. you, you, you fuck f- hard and you sometimes you fuck soft. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I will brag, I, you know, I drive a really nice car. I wear a leather jacket and uh-huh. uh, I like to drink beer. <laughs> you can't you can't beat that. Yeah. And the smoother your dick, like if you have a Teflon Teflon dick. Oh, like, my God. The harder you can fuck. I There's mean, less friction. I mean, what he's what he just got done saying kind of opened my eyes to the world of fucking like. Yeah. Like, sometimes fucking softly is fucking hard. Right. You know? Like, well, sometimes... The, the, the point is, you gotta fuck them soft, and then, at the end, you gotta fuck them hard. Mm. You know? Well, you give them a little bit for them. I mean, it's all for them, really. Right. You, sure. Yeah. Whoever it is. I don't get anything out of it. No. It's, yeah, it's it's a giving situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Has it been nice being being saddled with with that or is it a burden in your life? Is it a, is it a burden in your life to, to, uh, have, to have us no, say no. these things about you? <laughs> no, I'm just running with it, man. Uh, yeah, it, it has not affected me either way so far. Do your parents uh, hang their head and go, oh, no. Who's that? Your parents or? Oh yeah, well they they don't know about this. I don't believe so, but they will. I'll tell them about it. Um, <laughs> uh, but my wife thinks it's hilarious. Yeah. So as long as she's happy, I'm I'm good. Well, good. And and finally, if you guys want to reach out to us, uh, you can do so at six eight two two five three four four six eight. You know, before we before we move on to spoilers, I just want to say, Dustin, you've been producing. Uh, incredible artwork for us for a year now um i I don't know what we did to deserve you but thank you so much from from like the bottom of my heart you lend the podcast such uh such a um yeah i gotta say like we started ranking like after we i guess we didn't mention our our after show for bly the haunting of bly manor but you guys should check that out um once we released those, we got so many downloads and so much attention that we started ranking on the top 10 of the film reviews podcast charts on Apple. And 
I just looked at our logo and I looked at all the other logos and I was like, we deserve to be here. We look like awesome as shit with yeah. this logo. Yeah. Like it's better than a lot of the top 10 oh, yeah. <laughs> logos there. And that's all thanks to, to Dustin. He's, he's a, got a great eye and he's a amazing artist. Well, he's a professional. He is a professional. You make your living doing art. Is that I correct? Do, yes. yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, I know people that are artists that do it professionally that are not that good. <laughs> it's like <laughs> name names. <laughs> I well, I, I appreciate the kind words. I'm really bad at, um, you know, taking compliments. But, um, you know, you guys, uh, I I listened to you guys. I think it was like the midsummer uh, episode and you guys had me hooked. You guys are uh, entertaining. So I just wanted to help out the best I could. So, well, you've you've done a, a fabulous job. I don't want to make you embarrassed, but it's uh, it's been a, a very uh a, a windfall for us. We we really appreciate you. Yeah. So, with that, let's get into spoilers. Spoilers. So. This movie is pretty intense from beginning to end. First fucking scene is Uh, a giant needle into someone's head, like a close up, like, whoa. Yeah, it was, it was, um, it was unexpected, but I gotta say, like, there's a part of me when, when I know I'm getting into a real serious movie like this, that I kind of, I'm not gonna lie, I kind of dread it, like. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Like, oh, here we go. Like, I better buckle up and kind of brace myself. And uh, that's every time. Yeah, I mean, I I always give it the benefit of a doubt until it proves itself to be actually pretentious garbage, you know? Yeah. Like, this one, it started out strong, and it really lived up to the promise of that opening scene. But it's not just it's like it's like the it's like the air the movie has about it. You know, like this came uh, to me from Dustin. Dustin was like, oh, man, um, this this thing's intense. And and like just hearing that, I was like, you know, every time it's like that for me, I'm like, oh, God, this is going to be a lot, you know, and, and then I, I like I like kind of brace. Do you mm. know what I mean? How did you hear about this movie, Dustin? Because I hadn't heard about this uh, until you mentioned it. Uh, I think my, my buddy Juan Laura, uh, he, he sent me the, the trailer for it. And, uh, then I started looking into it and I saw who the director was and, you know, I'm a big fan of, you know, the fly scanners and Videodrome and all of his father's work. So I, I, I assumed it was going to be of high quality. So, yeah, well, it certainly was. Uh, yeah. So we got like needles into, into like ports in the head uh and and then and then she starts fiddling with and and this is it's this this lady and she starts fiddling with these dials and like her and it like messes with her emotions seemingly like she goes from happy to kind of like sad to like devastated yeah i mean i i would love to hear the direction that's given to these actors yeah for about you know, good 25% of these scenes because it's all just facial reactions and you're supposed to read like 
what is happening, you know, to this person? <laughs> and sometimes it comes across and sometimes it's just like, wow, looks like they're uh, having a struggle there. Yeah. Yeah. And but but it's, you know, so she's got her hand on this analog dial and she's twisting it. And it's it's like they're changing. It's like they're changing channels on a radio station, you know, like right. getting to, to moving down the dial. But instead of it being a radio station, it's emotions. Um, yeah. And you don't really know what's going on. And then she goes to like a fancy party. Yeah. And her and, and, and she seems to be part of the wait staff. Um, yeah. Because there's other people dressed exactly as her, which is a, in a tracksuit of some variety. And then pretty, pretty quickly, there's a violent murder. Yeah. She just uh, goes to town on this. This just big like fat with, a, man. with like a steak knife. Yeah. Like it just like goes just immediately stabs his as a carotid artery in his neck. He's clearly an important person. Uh, he's a big man. He's a he's a fat man, and mm. he's surrounded by you know he's surrounded by people who are talking to him. And she just approaches and slams a knife into his neck, and uh, and, and then starts just stabbing him over and over again. In the yeah, stomach. murders the shit out of him. And these all of these murder scenes are gruesome and long, and they do not shy away. This is not like a shot of violence and then kind of like the reactions. This is. All of the violence right in your face. Yeah, and there's like a interesting thing because you could describe these scenes as gratuitous violence, but really that's kind of the point because it's supposed to be gratuitous for the character. Like yeah, they the character is being gratuitous in their violence. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. <laughs> and Bryce um, is, is scratching his balls. I think. Um, yeah, I haven't I haven't got my manscaped yet. Oh, it's, dude, it's a forest down there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's the point is this person is reveling in the violence. Like they have an option just to do it quick and dirty, yeah, or to just do quick and painless, right? And because uh, at the end, after the guy is like in a puddle of blood, she takes out a gun. Yeah. And uh, it's like, well, that well, that could have saved you some effort. Right. And uh, she goes to shoot herself in the head. And then there's some kind of there's a clear internal struggle where you're like where she's she puts the gun in her mouth, but then she can't pull the trigger. And um, and something seems to boy, how did how would you describe this, Dustin? Like this, this part where she's got the gun in her mouth. I mean, it's exactly what you guys are talking about. It, it's, I, I think she says, uh, pull me out is like a big phrase that's used that's right. uh, in this. And then, uh, yeah, she sticks the gun in and it looks like it's going to be over with and she's kind of struggling and then she just takes it out. Yeah. And then, but it's clear that she's, she needs to kill herself, but, uh, but this is all, this is portrayed to us through this, through there's no talking there's no like narration to to help us to help us figure out what's going on but still it, it's a it's such a a well done film that you go oh she has to she has to die somehow and so she now she points the gun at the police who have showed up and she does a suicide by police kind of thing mm-hmm. another thing about the the suicide by police thing you guys think it was weird that uh 
you know, she got shot a bunch of times, but then, you know, just the icing on the cake, the, the cop comes up and just shoots her in the face. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. That's a good point. And I, and I think, um, and you, you find out later yeah. that there's kind of like lifelines. Yeah. That, that might uh, be a safety. Have. Yeah. 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 That's a, that's a really good point. I didn't, uh, I guess I, I didn't think enough early in this movie to, to make that, uh, to make that connection. The one thing that's never really answered for me is they say, pull me out and then (laughs) proceed. Then nothing happens at all. Like. Who are they telling, and why aren't they actually listening to them? Because it's like, well, I think they, I think they get this. I think they say, "Pull me out." That's like the period on the sentence. It's like, okay, the thing is done, the 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 contract is fulfilled. Uh-huh. Now I'm going to kill myself. So go ahead and pull me out when I do. Mm. I think that's like the the audio the <clears throat> the, the audible for the people in the right. control room. Right. So then we get the uh, the title screen comes on and it says possessor in all caps and it kind of struck me that possessor is almost a palindrome uh if it's all in caps it you just take the leg off of the r at the end and now you have <laughs> possess up uh-huh. Uh-huh. uh-huh no possess up no wait <laughs> <laughs> i really thought through this one wait you don't like you don't uh sure po- possess up yeah possess up Mm, uh-huh it sure is so you she's an op- she's an operative that possesses people mm-hmm. okay well i i liked it um so she gets back and it's kind of like the scene from uh blade runner 2049 yeah, i can't, I think, I can't I think, never remember the year but uh the scene where like ryan gosling is proving that he's not a it's like whenever they try to prove that they're not a robot, mm. they show them a bunch of pictures and they react to them. And so they show um, the the woman. What's her name again? Uh, Tasia. Tasia. A s- series of items and, and pictures and she reacts to them and basically recalls what they mean to her so that they make sure that all of her is still there, you know? Yeah. And... Uh, yeah bring it back so the the one thing we skipped over um after the woman that we've been seeing for this opening scene is killed by the police it cuts to uh tasia in this like matrix chair and uh like they take the hood off of her and whatnot and and she looks like a cancer patient and i was like and i wrote down in my notes Oh, it's Matrix for cancer patients. It's the Matrix for cancer patients. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the the contraption that sh- they use to allow her to throw her consciousness into other people is kind of looks like a plague doctor VR mask. Uh-huh. You know, you know, it's got like the long beak that uh, interferes with my nosh. Um, if you're a, if you're an always sunny fan, <laughs> uh, but. Uh, yeah, so it's kind of like a big VR headset, um, and there's a lot of VR in this in this movie, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. I'd just like to say about um, what's what's her name, Andrea Riceboro. Uh-huh. She has such a uh, stark she has such stark features and such an interesting look to her um, as an as an actress. She kind of reminds me of your favorite actress, 
um, who was in, boy, she was in The Dead Don't Die. She was in... Um, oh, yeah. What's her name? This is going to drive me absolutely oh, bonkers. Know. I, I had it on my tongue until you said that. She was also in... Um, you know. The... Uh, we need to talk about Kevin. Yeah, we need to talk about Kevin. Um, yeah, she's just got a very, um, a very unique, but kind of disturbing kind of look. I don't know. Did does that does she strike you any particular way, Dustin? Uh, yeah, Tilda I mean, I Swinton. She, Tilda, is who we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Jeez, that took way too long. <laughs> Andrea Riceboro and Tilda Swinton. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she has. Very uh, unique features. Um, I noticed it a lot in Mandy as well. Is, is she's very pretty? Yeah, she's she's pretty, but also like she can be so off-putting with just a look. Yeah, <laughs> like like in Mandy especially. Like oh man, they and they do such weird things with her eyes in Mandy, where she'll just be staring at the camera and then one eye will change in that like the pupil will change in size and the other won't and it um it's very uh, off-putting and she she seems to be able to just do that um which so i think she was a real good choice uh for possessor um anyway so uh, i'm sorry go ahead well uh w- when we were talking about the um the exit interview. Um, I, I feel like oh, in this yeah. movie, this is the the most important scene um, because it establishes uh, quite a few things. Um, for one, um, you know, like you said, uh, after they do these uh, Neuralink or whatever it is, yeah. after they do this job, uh, you know, pieces of them can can kind of go missing, uh, and then it also. Uh, you know, it, it showed with um, one of the pieces the uh, what? Go keep going. I, something just <laughs> okay. occurred to me that I'm so uh, excited about. It showed uh, it showed this um, this the, butterfly, the butterfly that she yeah. killed when she was little, and uh, she makes the comment that um, you know she killed and mounted it when she was little, and she still feels um, bad about it. Right. Yeah. She felt terrible about it back then, and she still feels terrible exactly yeah um that, which I is important that's, for uh, the this is an important m- to mention for the end of the movie because right. at the at the end of the movie um she picks up that same butterfly and she says yeah i i killed this when i was little i killed and mounted this when i was young and then doesn't go on to the anything else no and and then the boss is like perfect yeah so it's so it's clear that uh that Tasia at the by the end of this movie has lost the the piece of her that is kind of human or mm. empathetic, yeah. something like that. What what were you excited about? I'm so excited what I realized that this movie is. Oh, okay. This movie is Quantum Leap. Ha, okay, I don't. I guess I haven't watched enough Quantum Leap. Did you ever watch Quantum Leap, Dustin? Ah, uh, man, I was I was really little. Oh when man, I I've been it, watching so. it on uh, on TV lately. <laughs> oh no! So Quantum Leap. He he leaps into other people's bodies and uh, basically writes what, you know, writes in history what what uh, went wrong in their lives. But basically this is and part of it is it it's um, he's like a genius doctor and, you know, physicist and whatnot. But when he leaps into a new body, his mind is Swiss cheese, so he can't remember everything. And he sometimes he surprises himself. 
So this possessor, she leaps into other people's bodies, and when she comes out, her mind Swiss cheese, just like Sam Beckett. It's rare to see Bryce really animated or excited about things, but Bryce is brimming with excitement I just, right now. I also just watched one of my favorite episodes of Quantum Leap last night before I watched this movie, and I can't believe I didn't make the connection. But yeah, the, I watched the uh, the Halloween episode of Quantum Leap, which was, we'll have to talk about that on the afterpod. You better follow through on that. It's a great, it's a great episode. So, I, I stand behind. I think we talked about guilty. <laughs> I think we talked about guilty pleasures once, and I think I yeah. did. I mention Quantum Leap. Yeah, I think yeah, because I, I love Quantum Leap. Okay, but why? It's a great show. It's got like a great setup. Okay, and a, lots of like really good devices. Is it as good as Doogie Howser? Better. Wow. Yeah. What Doogie Howser is just like any other medical show. This is this is a <laughs> no. Unique, it's got a kid, idiot. It's got a unique sci-fi premise that's really fun. What's your guilty pleasure show, Dustin? Oh, I'm gonna have to get back with you on that. I I, I got to think about that for for a little bit. Okay. Punky Brewster. Punky Brewster. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we so she so so now Tasia kind of goes about her normal quote unquote normal life, uh, which is clearly hard for her to do. Uh, she she goes back to. Uh, I, I presume her, her boyfriend and kid. It's, uh, it's hard. It's hard to tell if she's, if she's married. Cause, um, she's, as she's, taking, well, she's separated as she's right taking now. the exit interview. Yeah. She, her, her boss basically reminds her, yeah, you're separated. Remember? And she kind of can't recall that exactly. Yeah. Um, they're not doing a great job of being separated cause they fuck that night. Yeah, they sure do. Um, yeah, there's a lot of sex in this movie. Yeah. A lot of show everything sex. Everything yeah. but the butthole. It's great. <laughs> it's great. I mean, I, I, I mean, honestly, isn't it kind of great? Yeah. No. I. Hey, I'm never going to complain if I well, get to see sex. Like it's so weird. Like we we live in a culture where porn is just like completely acceptable. Yeah. You know, no one like looks down on porn anymore because they're like. Yeah. I mean, our kids are like 12 and they're figuring out how to get on porn sites. Yeah. It's like, well, it's unavoidable. It's on the Internet. What are you going to do? Masturbate, I guess. So. (laughs) (laughs) So. So when we're in these movies and it's still like this. You know, R rated movies and it's still kind of puritanical. Yeah. And like you never see a dick. Uh -uh. And any time there's a sex scene like. Everyone has a sheet over them. Yeah. At all times. Yeah. You know, it's like hmm. that doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. You remember how hard porn was to come across when we were all we're all basically the same age, right? We're all kind of mid to late thirties. Yeah. I'm a little older than you two, I think. So remember how hard it was to get a hold of porn back in the day? I remember it taking forever for pictures. (laughs) Yeah. So like a 56 (laughs) or like 28 K modem. Yeah. And like, <laughs> go to go to a porn site, quote unquote, and yeah. it would just have links to pictures, uh-huh. and you <laughs> click on it, and it's not even like a high res image, yeah. but it's like it's like watching a yeah, like, like watching com- like a matrix printer print out in color, yeah, in front of your eyes. It's like oh, I can see some ankle. I think yeah. that's an ankle. It's really like the the uh 
middle school striptease, yeah. you know, the technological striptease of like you only see a little bit at a time. So it's really the question of like how far do you get into masturbation before the picture is finished, you know? Yeah. Do you finish before the picture finishes? Well, I mean, and then, well, for a long time, that wasn't even an option if you didn't have internet right away. Right. Did you guys have internet er- early on, Dustin? No. 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 Uh, maybe, man, maybe when I was like 15 is when we we got di- dial-up. Holy God, 15? Yeah. And how old are I, you? I'm, I'm uh, what, 36 now. Yeah, so. so you're my age. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. You didn't have yeah. internet for a long time. <laughs> well, my parents, like, just recently got internet um, again after I left the house. So, I mean, wow. it's not really a big deal <laughs> where I'm from. <laughs> oh, my God. This is, like, blowing my mind. This is It's <laughs> like some weird dystopian uh, alternate dimension. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways, we're going on tangents. The point is we get to see cock. Yeah. And finally. Yeah. It just makes my mouth water. Um, so, but while they're having sex, she's kind of vacant. You know, she's like, she's somewhere else. Basically, what she's doing is stabbing this guy over and over again. Like, In her head. Yeah. yeah. She's like, oh, man, this sex. Boring. But boy, remember stabbing that guy? <laughs> yeah. And so... Uh, really disturbing kind of straight out the gate there. Um, and she's clearly hallucinating a lot. She's, she's, um, she seems to be either thinking about killing the guy or kind of like thinking about being another person. And it seems to, it seems to possess her mind. Mm -hmm. You know, she's, she's constantly thinking about like, boy, when, when can I do that thing again? Like that was a good time. So they go on to the next one, and, and, like, her boss is starting to get a little concerned, but not actually that concerned. More like, you good? Okay, good. Um, <laughs> because otherwise, bad things could happen, and we don't want that to happen, but you're my best one. You're my best It's definitely killer. one of those things where it's like, there's a bunch of red flags, and the boss is like, but she's the best one. Let's just kind of, like, step by the yeah. wayside over here, because she's like... Why did you stab him? We gave you a gun. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, the girl's like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's 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 uh, it's weird because it's, they make such a big deal about like, well, protocol is we have to make sure you're OK. And so and it's really important to follow protocol. You got to follow, follow proto. But also like there's a wink and a nod there, which is like eh, kind of that's a lot. Whoops. There's also kind of a wink and a nod there, which is like, eh, we don't really need to follow protocol yeah. that much. So they describe the new hit. Like there's a new contract. Um, for this kind of elaborate thing where she needs to quantum leap into this guy and uh, kill the CEO of a you know multinational corporation and his daughter and off this is it this are they married is it son-in-law or just like a boyfriend um i think it's new boyfriend yeah right? it's, it's the new boyfriend so she's gonna jump into the new boyfriend and and do all this stuff yeah so her new target is uh is christopher abbott basically the the actor who plays him is is christopher abbott um and and so yeah she has to 
she has to get close to the dad of his girlfriend. And, uh, and so they kind of like, they kind of set her up, right? They're like, so this is what he's like. Go watch him a little bit, figure out his mannerisms. Yeah. So it's like kind of your setup to any spy movie or like, or whatever to where they're giving her the file, you know? And then it, and then we get to see like how this kind of works where all the different processes of, um, getting integrated into, someone's life and being inserted into their mind and the first step is is uh spying on him yeah so she just spies on him and tries to learn his mannerisms and you know tries to learn his accent and stuff and his habits and then it shows them kidnapping the guy and drugging him up and putting some kind of implant into his skull yeah um so that kind of explains why you know, the first lady was stabbing her head with a giant needle. Yeah, because she's got like a like an audio jack in her head, uh-huh. <laughs> a three point five millimeter, you know, jack. And then, and then somehow she's calibrated to be put inside this guy's head. Yeah, and the transition is fucking wild when they're like, "Okay, now we're gonna throw you into his body." So here we go, and then. The transition is like this medley of, uh, like fever dream, uh, art that's like her dripping away mm-hmm. and, and, and like dripping into him kind of like, it's a cool series of effects. It kind of, kind of remind me of, uh, under the skin, you know, when, uh, she would take her victims into this, like, have you guys seen that? I've seen the parts where Scarlett Johansson is naked. Yeah. Well, yeah. So she takes them into this like pitch black room and they like walk into this, uh, you know, like into the water and then they're just gone. So it's kind of, it, it reminds me of that the way the, the background is completely blacked out. And then she's just like melting into, into the sky. Kind yeah. of. It's such a great effect that I, I almost wondered if they actually hired an artist to make a wax sculpture of oh. or if that was digital. If it, either way it's super impressive because if it's digital like wow, they really pulled it off. If it's like an actual there there's people that make like hyper realistic uh, like wax I mean even like the wax like Madame Tussauds are really super realistic. Yeah. Like I wonder if they did that because it looked literally like it was someone melting. Yeah. And like pieces, like the eye would like fall out kind of like up. It was a, it was a wild look. Yeah. So, so she gets into this guy's body to, into uh, Christopher Abbott's body and immediately it's very convincing because the first thing she does is what anyone would do if they get thrown into the into the body of someone of the opposite sex you immediately you play with your junk <laughs> I, we were talking about this on on the last on uh, about Bly Manor when um oh yeah uh, when Miss Jessel or no no when uh Peter jumps into Miss Jessel and he's like looking in the mirror. I'm like, well, this isn't realistic because <laughs> he would immediately masturbate, right? And like, look at his tits, see what that feels. And then like. you go like find some guy to fuck. Like you, you would just do all these things that yeah. you'd be like, well, I just gotta, I gotta know what it feels like, right? You know, wait, find some guy to. Well, yeah. Oh, I mean, you gotta learn how to please a woman, right? 
I, if that takes fucking a guy, it's great. Okay. Well, yeah. I guess there's a lot of different that, things. That is a good question. If you if you are a man in a woman's body <laughs> fucking another man, does that make you gay? Because <laughs> technically that is heterosexual <laughs> sex, right? Uh, and this no, is this no, really no, this no, comes no, down to but... gender identity. Like, <laughs> if you identify as a male, but you're in a woman's body and you fuck a guy, that's gay sex. That's gay sex for sure. Yeah, a guy coming in your vagina, it's gay sex, <laughs> impregnating you. Right. <laughs> what do you think, Dustin? <laughs> <laughs> what is that? I said I, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> hey man, we live in Portland. We're we're the ones taking the real fire over here. Oh yeah, no kidding. Like we're we will get canceled. Uh huh. No more top ten film review <laughs> podcast charts for us. Oh no. Well, it was nice while it lasted. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. <laughs> but yeah, in this one, it was realistic. She like immediately like, you know, looked down there like kind of like fiddled let's see, see what's just going like, on down yeah. here see what i'm working with and then she just kind of like nods her head like mm-hmm, okay and then moves on with her day yeah and uh and she's of course got now she's got an uh, well and and this this is going to be a hard a hard movie to continue talking about for one specific reason which is you have tasia inside of christopher abbott so uh-huh. do you say so for the sake of everyone listening, we should just say he or she because because it's a it's two people in one. I mean, body. yeah, this is another one of those gender identity politics questions. Well, like, it's not really because she's literally been pl- a, a person of uh-huh. a different sex has been placed in his right. body. So I'm just going to say he from now on, because now most of the movie is about. Is about Christopher Abbott and... I mean, and, really, we should just be asking what her preferred pronoun is. God damn it. Stop muddying the water. Sorry. <laughs> so I'm just going to say... trying to be woke over here. I'm just going to say he. But know that every time we're talking about Christopher Abbott's character, we're talking about Tasia controlling Christopher Abbott. It's, it's... Most of the time. Most of the time. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, so now he gets to, you know, have sex... Well, she gets to have sex with his girlfriend, and that's a very uh, bonerific scene. I yeah, because like <laughs> this is so. There's a scene where, yeah, it's definitely, but it's, it's showing, tasteful. It's showing the guy, <laughs> the guy fucking her, and then it kind of like pans up, and it shows Tasia. So it's like her with her tits out, and then it pans down, and she's got a dick. And it's like, well, I hope this doesn't awaken any emotions in me. <laughs> I hope this doesn't That's stir really any super feelings. Super like you get so tasteful. <laughs> and it did. I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was great. Um, cause, cause it wasn't. Yeah, it, it, and you get to see pretty much everything except the except the bee hole. Um, <laughs> so you know, it's not. So it was a real cop out. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, so she has a very distinctive way of cutting apples that is translated, right? So she, she, every time she cuts an apple in, in real life, like for her, when it's, when it's Tasia being Tasia, she like pushes the knife into the apple 
in a certain way and cuts a wedge out. Well, her mannerisms translate, you know, when she's not when she's not paying attention and uh-huh. not, not, you know, not trying to be Christopher Abbott. Um, little things come through of her personality. And so Christopher Abbott's girlfriend is kind of like, what is up with you? You're acting different like you. You're not you. And uh, this is actually good, kind of, because uh, her uh, her boss has basically told her, we need to make Christopher Abbott appear like he's been acting like he's different. He's acting erratic. He's acting erratic. So it's kind of good that um, I love this next bullet point. What is it? The uh, scene shit. Little shit floating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we get our first our first look into into the the idea that things are not okay with Tasia, right? Because she's like sees little like globules floating in the air, and she like reaches out and is like boink, like takes it, and then looks at her fingers. There's nothing there, right? So it's like an artifact. It's yeah. like an it's it's uh it's like some sort of visual fuckery that's happening to her that she can see but it's not really there um so it's like the first little hints that tasia not okay she's she's kind of losing it and she's losing control a little bit so now we get to uh, get a look at christopher abbott's job and holy shit uh i wrote this down um he walks into this room of people with vr goggles on uh, and they're all kind of quietly talking to themselves, presumably, or to like a chat room. I I assumed he puts on his VR goggles, and his job is to look through people's webcams to see what kind of curtains they have, presumably to market to them better. This concept yeah. fucked with me. Yeah, it's <laughs> great. He like puts on these goggles. They look like fly goggles. Yeah, or like kind of steampunky. That'll be the featured image on the on the post. Dustin made an awesome. Yeah, it's a great um, great artwork, and it has fat fat fat. Because yes. <laughs> <laughs> while he's looking at people's curtains, he finds someone that's fucking a dude, and like whoo, just a stunner. Yeah, she was a very nice looking lady, mm-hmm. spread totally eagle. Uh huh. It's great. <laughs> Lots of sex in this. I don't know if you guys. I don't know, if, listener, if you, if you can tell, but what was this film rated? Oh yeah, that's a, it's a good point because it's they made it made a big deal about it being uncut. Yeah, so I would assume it's it's not rated because um, they don't give out X ratings really. I don't think. Um, hmm. So. So anyway, this concept of of his job being just looking through people's webcams to see what kind of curtains they have and there being a whole room of these people man like it just um do you think do you think this job exists right now i mean there's so many webcams that are just open you know like well i think it's it's all hackers that have it actually open it's not any legitimate businesses would do that right oh no I don't know, man. Yeah, what do you think? I don't. I I think maybe. I mean, you 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 hear people putting post-it notes on their webcams all the time. So uh, I don't know if that's just an urban myth, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard. It it's hard to say. 
how can you trust a, a, a company you don't really know what they're doing anyways when they're like data mining? It's a good point. I, you know, I think if, okay, so there's, so if this, it does exist, it doesn't exist in this manner, I don't think. There's not rooms of people with VR headsets on doing the dirty work, right? It's probably instead it's, it's algorithms, right? Because if there was a bunch of people looking, looking through webcams, you know, rooms and rooms of people, they couldn't keep their mouth shut for minimum wage. They'd be like, you know what I do? I fucking look through webcams. Get me on, you know, U.S. Weekly or whatever, or whatever it is. Some, yeah. some smut mag and I'll, I'll talk about it. So, yeah, the film's not rated, which is not a surprise. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I think if this does exist, and I, I would not be surprised if it did, it's it's a very high-paid single person <laughs> who creates the algorithms, and then, and then, yeah, they just store that yeah. for other high-paid people who don't talk about it, because otherwise you'd think you'd hear about it. Anyway, so um, with that, uh, we, he has to be recalibrated. She, she, uh, yeah, they make it a point where they say, you know, you got to recalibrate every day, or else it's going to be a problem. Like she's. She only, I guess there's some way that they're matched. Like there's a, there's good matches and bad matches in terms of who you can jump into. And so for this guy, they estimated that she can be in there for three days before there being significant damage, you know, yeah. and she has to recalibrate every day. And that's was what the first scene was of poking that needle in your head, tweaking those knobs. And so then they go to, they go to this party. Um, uh, this, this party with, with her dad. And like, like we said, her dad is the target, right? So this is, this is the guy who we need to kill, uh, is Christopher Abbott's girlfriend's dad. And so they go to this party with her dad and he is the most insanely <laughs> dickish father I've ever seen. Yeah. And this is Boromir, by the way. This guy yeah, is this is Sean Bean, so you know it's not going to end well for him. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't last. But, uh, yeah, man, what a tote. Like, the biggest dick maybe I've ever seen in any movie ever. Yeah, it's like in a group of, you know, probably very wealthy people. And, you know, his daughter comes up with, with the boyfriend. And he's like, yeah, I got you a job for morons. Is it too hard for you? Yeah. Let me know if it's too hard looking at curtains and identifying them. It's like, Jesus Christ. And and w not only that, but when they walk up and, and it's his daughter walking up, uh, he says, oh, <laughs> how funny you should arrive. D speak of the devil. We were just talking about hugely disappointing um, children. And uh, and here you are. Look at you. Just a huge disappointment. It's like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, the only character in any movie that I can think of as being maybe a bigger dick than this guy was, uh, is, um, the bad guy in, in, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> uh, what's his name? The guy that's, that has the dip? With the dip. Yeah. Hmm. I, I would say, like, there's some, there's some 80s movies villains, like Johnny from Karate Kid is probably just that um, level of, like, yeah. I don't know. Like you'd have to go back to the 80s to like some ski movies to get someone that fits as <laughs> this much of a dick. Um so 
so yeah, at this point, she's got so they can talk to her. Uh, in Christopher Abbott's body, the people in the control room, just by basically sitting next to her and talking into her ear, and she will hear them. And so uh, she is told, hey, get in a fight and get thrown out of this party. Uh, so she does that. As Christopher Abbott, she she bumps into, uh, she acts super drunk and, and gets bumps into somebody and throws a punch at uh, at her dad and gets thrown out of the party. So then, uh, let me see here. Where am I at in my notes? Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. He says, to get thrown out, he says, how does it feel to have my cock in your daughter's mouth? <laughs> it's like, whoo If some fucker came up to me and said that shit, I would level him. <laughs> there would be no more person left. There would just be blood. Um, so, yeah, it's impressive that all he got was thrown out. Um so now the party is done and he's he comes back because just just the just the girlfriend and the dad are left. Right. So. So Christopher Abbott comes back into the room and he puts a gun on the table in front of in front of the dad. The the, the girlfriend is gone now. So mm-hmm. it's just it's just Boromir and Christopher Abbott. Uh-huh. And uh, and he puts a gun on the table and he's like, hey, get out of here. I'm drunk. Like the dad says to Christopher, yeah. he's like, "It's great." Like he's playing it kind of cool, and then he like goes like, "All right, I'm drunk. I'm gonna go to bed." And he gets up, except with the intention of like he's gonna ambush him. Yeah, but um, she's she's ready for it and pivots, and then uh, she already has like the he he <laughs> they she oh they. this is they this is <laughs> it makes sense. It makes they. sense. The preferred pronoun here is they. Yeah. Okay, so they. Yeah. So they had already taken a poker from the fireplace, and so they're ready and just started beating the shit out of Sean Bean. I mean, like, absolutely him. beating the shit out of him. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I bet it probably did not feel great in the actual, like, shooting of it, because it's obvious that it was a rubber thing but they were definitely hitting it hard yeah so sean bean was probably getting whipped with a (laughs) with a rubber poker and then it goes to the most extreme like this scene will stick with you like this is where i close this is where i started covering my eyes the close-up of the stabbing in the neck was one thing where it's like jesus they don't normally show that that's really disturbing and then this was like ha goes to scoop out his eye he goes well yeah first he takes the poker stabs it into his mouth so it's like going in the back of his skull basically and like twisting it around and like using it as a lever to like rip out his teeth and then goes to stab in the eye and it's a close-up of him stabbing him in the eye and the eye popping out yeah scooping it yeah, how do you do with this ultra violence, Dustin? Uh, <laughs> I've seen a lot of it. Like I said, with the uh, like my favorite movie, the the Beyond does the same thing. Um, you know, extreme close ups of all this like prosthetic work. Um, <clears throat> it doesn't it doesn't bother me, but uh, you know when when it's uncomfortable because they're just it just keeps happening and keeps mm. going. Yeah. yeah I, I totally get, <laughs> I, 
I get freaked out a little bit. Um, and, and the one thing, and this is probably the thing that kind of took me out of the movie is, uh, you know, after he, they do this <laughs> this horrible thing to this guy. Um, later on the, in the movie, it seems like he's still alive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He makes it. That's the one thing that I don't still don't understand because it shows Sean Bean like in a wheelchair, and Andrea Riceboro's character walks up to him and stands in front of him. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. When is this? Like, yeah. is she actually there? Is this because at this time she's still in uh, the guy's body. But, yeah, it's never explained what that scene is. She just yeah. walks up to him. So it's like, yeah, anyways, I think I think at that point it's kind of, uh, you know, the narrator is compromised. <laughs> it's yeah. going all over the place. So but that's that's farther in the movie. I don't want to jump ahead. Yeah, too I mean, far. I got to say the scene is like. It doesn't even really look like prosthetics. It's way too realistic for for my comfort. Yeah, they did they did a a tremendous job of making this look real. Yeah, um, yeah. Every effect in this movie is is either so beautifully artistic and uh, and and pretty, or so insanely grotesque um, and uh, over the top, incredible violence. Um, and so next, uh, they go to, to kill their girlfriend, uh, and they basically clips her with, by shooting her with the pistol. She runs in and then runs out like, you know, I'm going to, oh shit. Hey guys, well, I made nutter butter bars. It's, oh my God. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh. And hey, Dad, why is your eye on the ground? That's not where that's supposed to go. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, my God. And so he clips her while she's running away with the uh, the pistol. And then uh, yeah. they are a good shot. They are a real good shot. It's it's almost like they're a mercenary for hire or something like that. Yeah. Somebody who's really, really fucking good at killing people. Right. Uh, and so so then, yeah, she brutalizes, you know, the girl as well, shoots her and um and then she has a freak out because it's it's time to it's time to off herself. Okay, uh -huh. the deed is done. Pull me out. And she goes does the thing again and it's the same deal. I can't shoot myself. So what am I going to do? Oh, it's I'm yeah, losing control. This guy this guy doesn't want me to kill him and he's trying to fight back. He's trying mm -hmm. to regain consciousness, a hold of his body. So grabs a piece of mirror or glass and kind of cranks it into the top of his head. Um, their head. <laughs> yeah, because it's, he wouldn't know to do that. That was her, her right? Is that a raincoat? Yes, it is. Yeah, the motivations for, for this character are not clear. Even, even in the end of the movie. It's like, is she wanting to be lost in this person's head? I, I think like, it's like a bloodlust sort of thing. I mean, it seems like she's... She just really loves her job. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's that aspect, but why does she not want to leave? Because it seems like, I don't know. What do you mean not want to leave? I think she, I think what's happening, what happens is she's been in so many people's consciousness uh -huh. that she's starting to lo be, lose the ability to have full control over their bodies. Right. But yeah. when, when the. When he stabs himself in the head, like, how would he know to do that? I, I think he's just, I think he's actually 
viewing all of this that's going on. Um, he mm. just can't control himself. Yeah, like a backseat passenger. Because yeah. because as it continues... He's in the sunken place. Oh, yeah. Like in yeah, Get Out. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's clear that t- t- towards the end of the movie, we start to see he's like... He gets to be... It, it, the tables turn. It They flip. And he regains control of himself. And now she is the person kind of sitting in the in the passenger seat. And, you know, her consciousness can't be pulled back into her own body because, well, you you have to kill the subject in order to really get out, to make a clean break. And so and so because this guy regains control of his body and his mind, uh, she's stuck in there. And and as they try to pull her out, like blood pours out of Tasia, like the, the, the character who's sitting at the VR headset, you know, the plague doctor mask. Uh, they can't do it. They can't get her out of there safely. And she's a, an important asset because she's like the best. Uh, so they can't just, you know, let her go. So um, now begins this uh, this kind of weird game of, of, of tug of war uh, for this guy's control of this guy. Right. And um, one of the, <laughs> the best scenes is like the internal... It's kind of representational, but it shows <laughs> it shows them facing each other, and it's in their mind, I guess. And then he reaches out and basically pops her head. Do you remember that? <laughs> no, I don't. That's like one of my favorite. It's a great effect. He like reaches out and like because I think they're choking each other or something. And oh, then yeah. he go he grabs her head and just goes, <laughs> just like pops like a like a what's that. <laughs> There's an internet video of just like a head explosion that may, reminds me of this. Oh, it's probably Videodrome. Um, well, there's that one too, but... Oh, uh, yeah, Scanners, right? Sure. And he just like <laughs> pops her head and then it's like a mask of her face mm. and he puts it on and it's the it's basically on the poster, like what the mask looks like. It's this like melted, distorted version of her face and then he's reliving all these memories. He's basically like driving her mind inside of his mind is what I gathered. And he kind of learns all this stuff about her. And, uh, yeah, it's real, uh, really off putting and really cool looking. I guess we haven't even really talked about how awesome this movie looks. Oh, it's yeah. It's a great looking movie. Really fantastic looking. Yeah. was as an artist, does that kind of stuff strike you first, Dustin? Uh, yeah, I mean, that opening scene where um, they're at that club, just the way, um, you know, the camera follows the main character and everything in the background is kind of blurred out. And, and you know, the the director took the time to, like, you know, look at the, the fixtures in the room that I would have never thought to to even point the camera at. Um, yeah, I mean, it's. It's. I feel like it's a masterpiece as far as um, you know the shot list goes, and um, you know the cinematography is great. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really it's it's kind of on a, a master class in like it's almost like this guy had like a dad who was a really really good filmmaker <laughs> or something like that. Um, yeah, and uh, and so so I like okay. So there's a. It's hard to unpack the end of this um, because it's a lot. There's a lot of uh, it's almost like Inception 
Um, you know, there's like there's levels to to this whole thing to the end of this that are they're intense. Yeah. Um, and and they're not super. It's going to be hard to describe it. And maybe I don't know. Do we do we just uh, how? Okay. Yeah, I mean we're <laughs> we could talk about this movie for a long time, and because there's I so think, much stuff to unpack. But I think really the how it caps it off is like he's in control of her now, right? And or like he's in control of his body again, and then he goes to her life, right? And he's like, now I'm gonna fuck up your life the way you fucked up mine. Yeah, yeah. And so he's threatening to kill her husband and he does right and then and then it's really confusing about like okay who's in control now right because it feels like it's her in control and she shoots her son right is am i wrong um it, yeah how did you how did this strike you dustin uh well when when the or when they uh <laughs> pull the gun on the husband uh, he he's kind of brings up the cat that's in the room and and how cats have the this uh, parasite that can get into people's brains. And then he asked the husband, um, you know, how do you know that you're in love with your wife or is it just the, the worm from your cat? So um, the way I took it was uh, the guy still had control, but. I think um, the assassin, uh, Tasia, I think she let it happen. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. For sure. Because there's, all, then, there's uh, also something said about how these things will hold you back, basically. Like, your family holds you back. It's intentionally muddled, right? Because yeah. it's like, because, mm, yeah, specifically the worm talk you're talking about. You know, hey, cats have this parasite, and if you get it, it can make you act differently. And so now, it's hard to tell. Or, yeah, do you do you love this person, or do you love this person because of this thing that's making them act the way they act? Um, and does that mean you're in love with them or the worm? And, uh, and so it's kind of, it's kind of like, oh, we're, there's this, I, there's this, there's this really static idea of us, right? We, we go, I'm me. And you don't really consider that you're actually like this huge ecosystem of, of cells and, and like your gut biome and like all these different things that going to, you know, even down to the meals that you eat, you know, make you feel certain ways and act different ways and, and how much of it are you really in control of? And I think that's kind of the undercurrent of this movie. You know, the the thrust of it is kind of how much are you you? And how, and when you get onto the Internet and you're just watching people all the time and, or you're, you know, you're watching um, a reality TV show or something like that. How much how much of you is slipping away because of, of this um, voyeuristic tendency of yours, right? Yeah, 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 I mean, that's perfect. Yeah. And so, so yeah, basically, uh, they end up killing her husband and, and son. And it's revealed that it's her boss and her son's body because he stabs her right in the neck. Right, the son. Stabs him, they, stabs they right in the neck. <laughs> right, the son <laughs> kills this dude. Yeah. And then says, pull me out. 
Right. And so it's like this weird sort of uh, Inception-esque level of like, whoa, okay, yeah. there's a lot of twists going on here. Yeah, so so weird, weird movie, and it's really cool, and you need to see it. Yeah, sure do. It's in theaters right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's in. <laughs> In the theaters that are open, some of them have this. Take your uh, take your chances. <laughs> Man, how many movies are there going to be this year that are just forgotten? Like, oh, that's a good that question. Got released like they either like had to pull their theatrical release or they did a modified release and no one watched it. And then they're great movies like this one and yeah. could just be lost to time because no one knows about them. Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I mean, uh, I haven't heard anyone talk about this movie. No, neither have I. I. I didn't even I didn't like I said, I didn't even know about it until Dustin brought yeah. it up. Thank you so much, Dustin, for bringing this one. Yeah. What did so what did specifically like um, what about it is going to stick with you? Maybe we should hit on that a little bit. Um, Chicks. With yeah, dicks. I think, <laughs> <laughs> I, think it was, I think it was the, you know, the kind of the thing that we talked about before. Um your identity um is is not necessarily up to you all the time um you know you guys know me as an artist that fucks hard but beyond that who am i <laughs> you know or like i know you guys it's a good as, question yeah <laughs> who are I, you? I know you i know you guys as a podcast duo or whatever uh-huh. i don't know like the real you and and then um you know, I I think you have to be careful uh, how much of your identity um, revolves around your position, uh, you know, with jobs or, or right. what have you. Yeah, so. that's a good point. Yeah, this kind of stuff can get me into a bit of a tailspin of uh, phil- philosophical, philosophizing kind of stuff. Because the thing that really scares me a lot is is that um that I do a lot and this kind of put a highlighter on it is we're all alone you know like uh, <laughs> you know uh so we can be with our wife or with our husband or with our daughter or son or something like that someone who's very important to us but you can't you can be sitting right there with them having a conversation and uh, but you're still at the at the base level you're still just you inside you you know and and you can never be anything more than that you can't meld with someone else and that scares me really badly because because i don't i i can't i can't even i can't even intone like exactly why but it's like this base level of being alone that um that's just freaks me out. Hmm. Um, have either of you guys ever, <laughs> you're like, no, <laughs> I get sounds like saying. a bunch of gobbledygook. <laughs> <laughs> My ultimate fear. And, uh, uh-huh. okay. Well. Uh, no, I get what you're saying. Like everyone's up in their own head and they have their own like internal world that no one will ever understand or see. Yeah. And you're on your own. Yes. Like in everything. In everything. Every even with like close familiar familial relationships, really like you're still on your own. 
and that's maybe inside why, your own head. That you know? may be why she liked this so much. Right. That and the killing. Yeah. She and clear- having and having a penis. I mean, everyone knows it's better to have a penis. Is it? They're great. <laughs> I can't say. I haven't experienced a dude. A vagina seems like it'd be sweet. Um, seems like a lot of maintenance. No, well, well, sure, but it's like having the payoff, like, though. Yeah, it's like having like a fancy car. It's like yeah, but I mean, just to get an oil change, you got to like take the engine out. You know, it seems like to be like to, to, it would be to be penetrated would be very uh, would be every time, no matter how the level, no matter the level of willingness, uh-huh. it would be very violating every time. <laughs> It'd just be like, ugh. Uh, it's a little bit dirty every and time. And you're saying that's better? No, I, I'm saying uh, it, that seems like it would be very different. Mm. You know, it, it's a very different experience. No argument here. <laughs> <laughs> I still, I think I'd like to experience that. You can. Well, uh, no. no. It's very easily. I don't want to do it's that. Not, not that hard. That's where poop comes out. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't want to do that. So with that, um, yeah, great movie. You guys should should check it out. Any any last recommendations from anyone? Yeah, definitely, Fine, definitely. Final see words. It. You got to see it if you can see it in the theater safely. Go do it. Um, but I'm looking forward to the video release and where it'll, I assume, have a ton of special features and commentary, which will really help suss out what the some of the meaning behind some of the visuals is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, last words from you, Dustin, on uh, on Possessor Uncut. Yeah, uh, just go see it. Um, you know, it, it, if you're into kind of the highbrow horror, this is definitely in that category. And uh, if you, you know, if you're like Bugsy and you might think it's <laughs> a little pretentious, maybe maybe skip this one. I don't know. <laughs> uh, is it horror though? <laughs> I'm so sick of that. I mean, I actually I thought about that for like the first act and then i was like nope oh, it is definitely yeah. horror yeah definitely horror yeah well i guess we're just gonna have to agree to disagree mm. uh so with that let's get into kill count so um i've listened i, I i've i've heard uh, a lot of our fans have reached out to me and said hey remember all those games you guys used to play yeah i like those i really like the voicemails because it lets me be lazy yeah me too i just listen to them so uh, I guess we got to put forth some effort. I listen to you, and we don't have to do that anymore. We're the top top ten film review <laughs> podcast now. We can't let it change us, Brian. No. <laughs> I've already bought a Corvette <laughs> <laughs> with the with the no money. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I mean, they send you a check, right? Oh well, I, doesn't I Apple guess. send you a check once yeah. you make the top ten? <laughs> So, uh, Kill Count is a game where I will be pitting Dustin Goble in one corner against Bryce Hansen in the other, uh, and they are going to have to determine which character from movies uh, has more kills to their name. Normally, it would be which movie. Normally, we would do which movie has more kills in it, but this is a special uh, round of Kill Count, and um, so I'm going to be pitting characters from movies against each other and you guys are going to have to determine which one has the higher kill count and so you get one point okay for determining which movie uh, or i'm sorry which character has the higher kill count but you also get another point if you're within five kills of of how many they did okay 
So, uh, two points possible each question. So here we go. The first pairing is Tetsuo from Akira. Tetsuo! Uh, from Akira. Have either of you seen Akira? I assume Dustin has. Mm, it's, a, it's been a long time, man. Oh, wow, really? College, yeah. college days. So. This is one of my favorites. And you haven't seen, haven't seen Akira? I've seen parts of it. Like, doesn't he, like, take over an entire city or something with his... Yeah. Globiness. Yes. Yes, he does. <laughs> it's a great movie. You should you should check it out. It's one of my favorites. Uh, so Tetsuo from Akira, uh, Akira versus Peter from Dawn of the Dead 1978. Okay. So who has yeah. the higher kill count? No looking it up, Dustin. Got my I'm, eyes on you. I'm staring at the screen right now. All right. I mean, I got to say the Tetsuo. Okay. And, uh, and would you like to venture a number? Half a million. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, doesn't he? Kill, doesn't he like envelop an entire city? Dustin. I assume like a city would. Okay, go ahead, Dustin. Who who do you think, Peter or Tetsuo? Uh, I'm I'm gonna have to go with Bryce on this one. I think yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with a little bit lower kill count though. Okay. Um. Uh, Shit, man. Uh, let's go with. Uh, Gonna need an answer. Twenty-five. Okay. Okay. Well, you are both correct. It is Tetsuo uh, with ninety-six kills mm. versus Peter from Dawn of the Dead from nineteen seventy-eight with forty-seven kills. Mm. So still respectable, Peter. Wow. I mean, technically, all those. We're already on already look, dead. Uh, look, we're not so gonna really kill We're not him. complicated right. over here. Don't right. complicate things. All right, all right. Okay, so our next pairing. So good job. You both have one point. Uh our next pairing is Sean from Shaun of the Dead. You all know that that movie. Versus Major Dutch, Arnold Schwarzenegger from Predator. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's gotta be Sean. Okay. And would you like to venture a number? Um, let's go a baker's dozen, 13. Okay. Dustin, what say you? Man, this is really hard. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with Dutch though. Okay. And I'm going to go with, uh, nine. Okay. So the only person who gets a point on this one, Sean versus major Dutch is Bryce. And he only gets one point. Sean had 27 kills versus Major Dutch, who only had 25. Two kill difference. It's a really close one. Uh, What did did Major Dutch... Oh, wait. That's over multiple movies? No. Mm -mm. Oh, wait. Yeah, Predator. They they like take out like a complex. I forgot about that part. Yeah. I was like, well, he got one. Killed the Predator. No. He got one. I forgot. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the next pairing, we got El Rey from Grindhouse Planet Terror. And we got Robert Neville from I Am Legend. We got, uh, you know, um, Will Smith. Will Smith from I Am Legend. I'm going to let Dustin go first on this one. Uh, I'm going to go with Planet Terror. Okay. Um, and I'm going to go with uh, 29. Okay. Um, trying to think. 
So we got El Ray from Planet Terror. Who, um, which one's El Ray? Is it the girl with the gun on for a leg? I, be- I believe so. I, I'm not terribly clear. I thought that was the guy that had the devil in him or, or whatever, the main the main dude. Um, I'll clear that up for you um, right now. I will go... Yeah, I don't know. And I just blanked it. So it's Planet Terror or what? Or uh, Robert Neville from I Am Legend. I'll go I Am Legend. And I'll say like, I don't know, like 20... Yeah, it was Freddy Rodriguez in Planet Terror. Um, I'm sorry. So Dustin said, what did you say, Dustin? Uh, Planet Terror. And I went with uh, 29. 29. And Bryce said? The other one, 20. Okay. Again, Bryce is his command is, is <laughs> stretching his lead. He now has three points um, because... Robert Neville in I Am Legend killed 56 oh. uh, people, and L. Ray in Grindhouse Planet Terror only killed 52. So pretty, another one, pretty close. Okay, so you got to you got to get back on the board here. All right, uh, Dustin uh, Bryce is 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 how many are there? Three points ahead. So we got two more pairings. Okay. So I mean, and but there's two points. It's each. possible. To, yeah. 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 Yep. So, we have Seth Gecko from Dusk Till Dawn uh, and, versus Eric Draven from The Crow. Wait, so is Eric Draven The Crow from yeah. The Crow? Yeah. And the other guy is George Clooney um, from Dusk Till Dawn? Not sure. No. Let me uh, pull that up. So do do either one of you want to uh, want to hazard a guess here? So, I'll uh, I'll with, go with from dusk till dawn um, because I feel like in that movie, uh, yeah, that's George Clooney. Does, by the way, does that do off screen kills count? Because I believe they had a kill count before the movie even started. What? Yeah, because yeah, they just came you know from I mean? a crime. Yeah, yeah, they just came from a crime, and they were on the TV, and it said how many people they had killed and all that stuff. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I think that does count. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'll go with From Dust Till Dawn, uh, George Clooney, and I'll do uh, 45. Okay. I am not retaining these at all. So it's Dust Till Dawn, <laughs> George Clooney, and what was the, the other Crow? One? The Crow. It's got to be George Clooney and Dust Till Dawn. And I'm going to say, what What did Dustin say? 40, he said uh, 45. 45. 46. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, um, you're both right. It is Seth Gecko from Dusk Till Dawn. Um, and you're both pretty close, but neither of you got the cigar. So you both got a point. Now Dustin has two points and Bryce has four points. What was the count? The kill count for Seth Gecko was 37 oh. and the crow had 29. So, um, pretty, pretty big difference cool. there. Eight kill difference. Okay. So this, so Bryce took it, but we're going to do one more question here. Um, we got Rick O'Connell from the mummy, uh, versus blade from blade two specifically. Oh, it's blade two. Okay. For sure. First. Okay. That's easy. There's one scene that he murders yeah. like 300 <laughs> people. That's a great scene that made the whole movie. I was like, yeah, this is a great movie. Yeah. I'm going to say like 333 people got murdered in that nightclub scene okay uh let's do uh, 150 go a little lower 
You're both way over uh, oh. by a lot. So uh, Blade gets 77 kills uh, versus Rick O'Connell in The Mummy Who Only. I, got 45. I demand a recount. <laughs> that That's not right. I, look, I, I There's just... There's a bump in nightclub where it's full of vampires and he sprays garlic spray on them and they all die. I don't know what to tell you, man. You're wrong. That's this is uh, based on, you know, some third party site that I just pull the numbers off of and then we go off of that. Okay. So anyways, the important thing is I won. The important thing is Bryce won. It's uh, it's it's pretty rude of you yeah. not to let the guest win. Yeah, well, it's a sad day here. You know. Yeah, I'm I'm uh that's not not good. Uh not a good look for you. So anyway, um so now let's get that was kill count. Now let's get into horror movie talk. Whores. Whores. So this is a little bit that I don't have. Uh, I don't have our our voicemail account pulled up. Would you mind um, pulling that up for us? Or actually, I guess I guess I can. Let me see if I can hear it. Okay, so horror movie talk horrors is a bit where if you call our number, our voicemail line, we will play, uh, you know, play your voice on on our show, maybe hopefully. And again, that number is six eight two two five three four four six eight, also known as six eight two two five three four HMT. So with that, let's see what you guys had to say this week. Let's let's see here. I think our first one is from our patron, uh, Jackal. Who's from Kansas? Let's see. Hey, Bebs. It's Jackal from Kansas. Um, well, lately I've been mainlining Bly Manor uh, as of yesterday, and I'm three-quarters of the way through it. My emotions are in knots. Um, incredible series. Can't wait to finish it, and I've been listening to the Afterpods along with it. Great show. Can't recommend it enough. Um, Blair Witch, uh, also an 8 out of 10 for me. Uh, I was too young to get the full experience of, like, the live press on the phenomena of it as, like, a project. But I I still viewed it as the source of, say, like, The Ritual. One of my favorites, the Netflix original, is definitely a derivative of the Blair Witch project. So I can't give it enough respect. Um... Hope y'all are doing well, and I'll talk to you later. Yeah, thanks for thanks for the the voicemail there, Jackal. Yeah, he's so he's been mainlining uh, Bly Manor, Bly Manor, and listening to the afterpods. Yeah, after shows, after show. Sorry, it's a completely different thing. It's, it's totally different. I'm so messed up. Have you have you been watching Bly Manor, Dustin? Uh, yeah, it's actually the first um, kind of like horror. Uh, TV show that I've been able to get my wife into and oh, yeah? Uh, we yeah we watched the whole thing um, I I mean the production value on it is amazing yeah. the acting is great uh, I really enjoyed it um, but I can't help um, you know putting it up against uh, Hill House yeah which I loved um, so but but both very good series yeah yeah, I feel the same way. It was kind of like I wanted another Hill House and instead got like a sad, beautiful thing, which is great. But I still do want another Hill House. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, but can I please have more that, though? And I think a lot of people feel that way. Um, it's a little bit I think it's a little controversial because people are, there's a lot of n- news outlets out there that are like, check out the scariest show ever made. The Haunting of Bly Manor. And that's just not fair. 
every basically every horror movie or show that comes out is like this is the scariest movie ever it's like, no, it's people not. are saying they're like taking the donald trump route yeah a lot of people are saying it's the scariest movie they've ever seen a lot of people people are talking talking about how scary this movie is it's like okay but yeah i mean i think it's it's definitely i wouldn't say scary is like the top headline it's um especially if you're like a horror fan but it is haunting yeah and it's it's a uh, beautiful and and uh at times disturbing but yeah yeah my wife really likes horror um bryce's wife is kind of adverse to horror what's what's your your wife like in terms of uh horror yeah just like bryce's wife uh she cannot stand it um yeah yeah most of the movies that i watch i'm i'm watching alone on my phone um yeah we'll watch uh uh, you know Paul Rudd movies uh, with her, and that's about it. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, Paul Rudd's fine. It's just there's so there's only so much Paul Rudd you can take, right? <laughs> I could take as much Paul Rudd as he can give. <laughs> oh, you're gonna get all possessor on this and give it a shot with Paul Rudd? I love Paul Rudd. Okay, what's wrong about Paul Rudd? Nothing wrong with Paul Rudd. I'm just saying it's a, it's a weird lane to be like hard into. Hmm. Did you see that Netflix movie with him um, with like his double? I can't remember what it's called. No. Anyways, it's good. That's a good one. I, I don't know. Something about something about Paul Rudd irritates me a little bit. Like for a long time, I liked him a lot. And then I don't know. I think he's he's so smug. Uh, like that's his like that's his his niche that he falls into like that's kind of his rut of how he acts with people on the regular it's just very smug but it's like it's like a a wink smug it's like mm-hmm. i'm smug but it's funny so mm-hmm. we're good and that fucking irritates me i love it i love paul red anyways next yeah next call vm Hey guys, this is, uh, this is Andrew, uh, from Georgia. I'm, my handle is Andrew to Roberts. So that's where you probably know me from. I was the guy that, uh, did not know that your, um, <laughs> ads were fake because I'm an idiot, but, uh, I wanted to say thank you guys for doing your podcast. It is an amazing show. Um, like I've told y'all before, it's been hard to find a horror podcast that spends time on the movie. And covers it without being too much on the information. Like, you give us uh, what we need to hear, but you also put a fun spin on it. So, like, what I mean is, you know, Bryce, you're the you're the anchor, um, and you bring, you know, just kind of security and uh, direction to the show. And then, David, you bring He's the a wild excitement card. and the, uh, the bubbly personality. <laughs> and that's not to say that you guys don't have elements of both, but that's definitely, like, the mechanic. And I think, personally, it works really well to – merge together and make a baby, which is called Horror Movie Talk. So I just want to say thank you for that. Uh, another thing is your Blair Witch episode uh, where you're talking about forests. So in Georgia, we have a bunch of trees that are uh, really, really thin, uh, the pine trees. And uh, I don't know if you've ever been to Georgia and been in the forest, but what's scary about ours is not that they're thick, you know, and, and you can't see anything, but that there's so many of them. Like, uh, for example, I have an aunt who lives in, uh, in Perry and she, uh, she has a house all by itself with like 150 acres of land. And, um, the trees are just so numerous. And, and I'll tell you at night when it's dark and misty, 
holy cow, it is it is magical. It's it's terrifying. So every time I watch Blair Witch, that's the mindset it puts me in. But anyway, thank you guys. It's a great show. Uh, I'm going to be a Patreon member soon uh, once I get my finances straight. But anyway, thank you for the show. You guys are amazing, um, and I appreciate you guys for coming up with the idea and uh, doing it. So thank you. Bye. Hey, thank you, Andrew. Yeah, that's a... Uh... We should we should post that on the website as a as a review. This is I smiled the whole way through yeah. the first part of that where he was like defining us. He's uh-huh. like, Bryce, you're the anchor, and Dave is the fun one. Not that Bryce isn't fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I love uh, how he talks about how we're, you know, we talk about the movie in depth, but not too much information. And you know, Andrew, the secret is we never uh, <laughs> we never research anything. It's the most important part. Yeah, it's really like the secret sauce is we never remember character names. Um, we don't remember like, you know, at, at least 10% of the plot. Yeah. Uh, we get accents wrong. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, do we? Yeah, we uh, went through the whole Bly Manor. Saying... We get, we get uh, cities wrong, states. Yeah. It's... Like it's really, I mean, that's really like the... Uh, you know, secret sauce where you have just enough, just enough disinformation. Some people get really angry about it. Yeah. Um, by the way, we should thank our new patrons. Uh, speaking of, speaking of patrons, um, thank you, Peter, Kate, and Alan for joining up uh, with us and supporting the show. We sure do appreciate it. This is a free show. Uh, and, um, you know, it's not like you're just handing, for, handing money for nothing over to us uh, when you become a patron. You know, you got access to the after pods and you can vote on one movie a month and, you know, depending on uh, for us to review and depending on your level of patronage, it comes with all kinds of different perks. So, again, thank you, Peter, Kate and Alan for becoming patrons. OK, so next voicemail. Thank you very much, Andrew. We appreciate you listening. Let's see here. It looks like the next one is from Elizabeth. Let's see. Hey, guys. It's Elizabeth. Um, just listening to the afterpod of Haunting of Bly Manor. What a fantastic show, first of all, especially that last episode. It really wraps it up with a nice little bow, and, you know, you can go on and feel sad about it for the next month because I know I am. I'll try to keep this short. I have two Easter eggs for you guys that I thought were really cool that I read into. Uh, the first one was in episode five i believe it is when they're all sitting at the bonfire uh, and hannah and owen are talking together um hannah starts to talk to owen and she says our moments are supposed to be like and then she gets cut off because jamie and danny come back um supposedly she was supposed to say our moments are like dominoes they fall around us like rain or snow or confetti which is a direct reference to the very last episode of the haunting of hill house when Nell is talking to all of her family members in that red room. So I thought that was cool. And then actually the same thing, episode nine, um, right before Henry gets revived, Hannah is talking to Henry and she says, please tell Owen I love him and that the rest is just, and then she gets cut off again, um, which is another direct reference to Haunting of Hill House uh, when she says, when Nell says the rest is confetti, which I just thought was really cool. I mean, there's a couple other little Easter eggs in here that directly relate to that, but uh, those were the two that I thought was 
very, very cool, especially because the last episode, Haunting of Hill House, very, very emotional with the piano music playing and then, you know, Nell's speech about being confetti. So I just thought that was interesting. I would love to talk about this show some more because I absolutely love it. So have a nice day. Thanks for the call, Elizabeth. I'm always impressed by people who are able to remember that level of detail from shows. <laughs> I wonder if she she must have gone back and watched Hill House uh, recently, you know, to to be able to to have that uh, that kind of recall. Well, didn't you watch it recently too? You didn't get it. Me? Didn't you rewatch Hill House? No. Oh, I thought you did. Uh, may have I may have had a, uh, aspirations to, but uh, I did not end up doing that. Did you, did either one of you watch Hill House before Bly Manor? Just no. right before. Uh, we're kind of in the middle of it right now, so I uh, haven't got to that that last red room scene yet. So, yeah, it's um, yeah, I definitely enjoyed Hill House a whole lot. Um, let's see here. Uh, so thanks again for your call, Elizabeth. This is let's see what this fella has to say. I think it's a fella. What's up, guys? This is Rojo from the Bronx. I got tired of doing inappropriate voices and singing about Bryce's titties. And I felt I should contribute with an actual question after watching your uh, Halloween 3 podcast, which was all right. I wanted to know, as a kid, when you see these scary movies, you get really afraid and fucked up in the head. And when I was young, I used to think of ways to kind of ease the fright and I would think of essentially inappropriate things to do with the main characters and that would allow me to sleep at night albeit with a boner so when I saw The Exorcist the first time I was really fucked up but to get over it I pictured myself fucking Linda Blair in her Exorcist makeup so how about you guys what did you guys do to get over your fears and your frights that came from your scary movies all right, Pete. <laughs> Thanks, Rojo, <laughs> from the Bronx. Uh, we Before we like started it. the podcast, we were talking about, like, how women say, like, there's some women that say, oh, I'm as torny as, as men. And we just say, well, no, you're not. No, you're not. Absolutely. There's been several bits. I, um, who is it? Um, Tom Segura has, like, a great bit on this in his latest special. Yeah. Did you see it? I, I went to it. Yeah, I... I went to that show, um, but I can't recall what it was. Well, it's the one where he talks about going to a porn shop, and the guy is like, "Well, anyways, um, <laughs> you watch watch Tom Segura's latest special. There's a really good bit on it." But this is a great example. Like a guy <laughs> will just fantasize about anyone, like any <laughs> yeah. any circumstance. Like, can I? F- Man, what would it be like to fuck that? Like, yeah, and you think about it. You know, yeah. Like, yeah, and you get a little half chub, and then you just decide whether you want to go further with it. Sometimes it's just a thought experiment. <laughs> Sometimes it's like, yeah, I'm into this. So that's like, I, it's not even like a, I can't say that this is specifically how I dealt with horror when I was younger, but I could definitely see myself like, yeah, Linda Blair. That's huh. a gr- this is a great question. Yeah. Uh, like, how did what did you do to get you through? Uh, you know, being very scared as a kid right. when you watched a horror movie. Um, but just to tag on to what you were just saying, like right before I got here, like on my way to HMT Studios, I don't know if I can say this because I can see Aaron outside and the windows open. It's okay. Um, she but, won't kick shame. But I, uh, yeah, I was driving here and I just saw a woman walking her dog on the, on the road. That's my pup. And, uh, 
And I, and I was like, yeah, she's, yeah, she's, she's hot. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then I, and then I was like, then I was ready to go. Like, I was like, yeah, okay. This is, this is a sexy time now. So yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think women can really understand how, how horny depraved can, and yeah, it's desperate. It's, it's all the time. And yeah. it, it just doesn't have to be anything special. It's anyone. Like, anyone. It's not anyone. I mean, not even people that are particularly like notably attractive. Yeah. It's just like, so what did you do to get you through as a kid to get you through horror movies like or the, being scared at night? And not yeah, being honestly, able to go I don't. To sleep? I don't remember. I don't remember being frightened as like a big part of my childhood. To be honest, like wow. I don't. I remember like being affected and maybe afraid of some stuff, but I don't remember like. Uh, no, no, no. I that's that's not true. When I was very young, I was a scared. I was scared of the toilet. Because <laughs> I saw the VHS cover of, I think it was Ghoulies Two, Ghoulies, yeah. and uh, had the the monster coming out of the toilet. So every time I flushed the toilet, I thought the sound of the toilet was that monster growling at me. Yeah. Uh-huh. So what did like, you do to get through that? Uh, um, I would flush the toilet and run away. Ah, okay. Every time, <laughs> Dustin, did you have uh, did you have do you have experience in this realm? Yeah, well, I have an older brother, and he used to torment me with, like, mask, and he would hide in, like, the laundry chute and jump up and, and scare the shit out of me. So um, I, I don't really have an answer to that question, though. I was just frightened all the time. Uh, and, and then when it comes to horror movies, I think I just watched enough of them to the point where I, I was desensitized. Yeah, so this this question really amped – it really um... – uh, what is it wrong? It really rang true for me because I can, uh, I can vividly remember being like, uh, beside myself with terror after watching, you know, whatever it was. And, um, and the thing that I would do. And so I was very scared of Freddie. Uh, I remember seeing commercials and little bits of movies of nightmare on Elm street and just being like, Holy shit, that's horrifying. And, uh, and so if I had to get up and go to the bathroom at night, uh, I would run to the bathroom and run back because I could, you know, I thought he was hiding or going to g- grab me or something like that. So what I would do uh, to to play the little mind game to get me through it was I would imagine his claws, um, you know, when he reached out for me and, and tried to stab me with them, they'd all just bend like rubber. And, and so I, that would get me to a place where I'd be like, it's not it's not real. And, and here's how, like, it's like, just make some part of it silly. And, um, so it's, it's impressive that Rojo, uh, from the Bronx as a kid was overtly sexual, <laughs> was like, I wanna, I'm gonna fuck that Linda Blair. Tell you what, like, I don't know. That's kind of wonder if there's maybe a little bit of abuse in his childhood or something like that, because that's, that's really early. You know, that's really early to be thinking about that kind of stuff. No, I don't know. I I don't know. I think if you look back on when you like started having sexual feelings, like it's shockingly early. Yeah, feelings, but not like full blown. Like now I'm I'm thinking about sex. Like I'm gonna do her in her Linda Blair makeup. Like that's pretty fucked up. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I yeah. I remember like talking about doing girls before I even knew what sex was. Wow. Like really understanding it. Do you? 
I'm gonna get you. Yeah. Do you? <laughs> Anyways. Okay, here's uh here's our next caller. Here we go. I think this is my this is my close friend. Hey guys, it's Brad Biggin here. Uh I've just been listening to your podcast and it kind of brought me to a question. Calling from Portland, by the way, in case y'all didn't know. Uh I know I'm a huge fan of monster movies. That's like me into horror that I love watching. And the iconic ones like Jurassic Park, John blah blah blah. What do you guys think some monster movie that we should all watch? Uh, you know, one that kind of got bypassed by the mainstream media. So anyway, hope you guys are having fun. Hope you guys are having a good day. I love you all and I just really want a motorboat both of you at some point. Later. Yeah, that's my buddy Brad. He's also a patron. Uh, has been. He's a founding patron. He may have been, may have yeah. been the first. Um, and he's a very large man. Yeah, you would be astonished at how big Biggin is. If he wanted to motorboat us, I don't think there's anything that we could do to stop him. No choice. If he really tried. So, so his question was, what is an underrated monster movie? Because he likes monster movies a lot, and he wants to know what something was that we, we didn't hit, that, that may be not so mainstream. Huh. That's a hard one. I can't really... It's hard to think about monster movies, to be honest, that aren't like the super mainstream ones. Mm. Can you think of any, Dustin? Yeah, I would say... Um, I don't know it, I don't know if this counts as mainstream, but uh, The Host, uh, which is a Korean movie. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, same, same director as, I, I believe, Parasite. Um, but that's a really good movie. Okay, and that's a monster movie? Uh yeah, not not the one that you guys watched on Zoom no, or whatever. No, that's yeah. a, so the one we watched we reviewed was Host, and you're talking about the Host. The Host, I believe. Let me uh, double check. I have a I have a big time favorite uh, monster movie, and it is I think it's Norwegian. It's Troll Hunter. I love Troll Hunter. Have either of you guys seen that one? I have. Yeah, what did you think of it? Uh, it was good. I mean, the the CG or yeah, however they did the effects was pretty cool, and the, and the trolls were just like, I remember them being really gruesome looking. Yeah, they were great, and they were the, and the scale of them was monumental. You know, it's like bigger than Godzilla sometimes. It's um, pretty impressive. I think there's one that I just remembered. I think it's this one. Yes, I think it's monsters. Yes, I think that I think about that one frequently too. It's like um, it's shot in Mexico. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's just basically uh, it doesn't really focus on the monsters themselves, but there are giant monsters that are like wreaking havoc, and you just kind of experience it from a distance. Yeah, like seeing the after effects and seeing these people trying Mm -hmm. to escape. Um, yeah, that one's that's a great one. I, that's I more of a moody one than like a yeah. straight ahead monster movie. But that is one that probably passes a lot of people by. Also, the uh, the mist was oh, yeah. awesome. I don't know if that's mainstream or not either, but just like uh, you know those huge, long legged monsters at towards the end in the mist was amazing. Okay, so we got a couple here, so I'm just going to do two more, because actually Bugsy hit us up a lot. Yeah, Bugsy did it like three voicemails. Just, do, do the last one, the oh, ones okay. where he says Brian West. Okay. <laughs> that one's the good one. Okay, here we go. 
Hi, it's Brian Weston. My friends know me as Bugsy, sometimes Bugsy Siegel. Much love, and how are you doing, B&D? Bryce and David. Anyways, I thought I would tell you a story about my trip to the woods. When I was younger, I lived in Maryland. I am from Maryland. When the Blair Witch Project came out, I remember going down the four-wheeler trails with my buddy's cousin. She was hot. This is before I lost my virginity. I should have been trying to bang her, but instead, we were in the scraggly woods. We got lost in the scraggly woods. I remember, you know, everywhere we go, it felt like we were circling around. Finally, we saw, like, some abandoned, in the middle of the woods, like, abandoned appliances, like a stove and, like, uh, I don't know, like a dishwasher. Just a whole bunch of shit kind of looked like a house had burned down, maybe, and they left all that stuff. And, uh, you know, from that point, we were walking. We stumbled upon a house. Next thing we know, we hear a chainsaw. And she looks and sees me running for my life. I completely left that bitch to die. Seriously. <laughs> situation like that, I was waiting my entire life for it. I'm in the scraggly woods. I hear a chainsaw. That's all I had. And my fat ass, I was on Wellbutrin, Ritalin. I definitely, uh, you know, medicine caused uh, weight gain and excessive eating. My fat ass was running like fat Abbott behind an ice cream truck. Anyways, that was my story from the scraggly woods. I left a blonde that I should have been trying to bang. I left that bitch to die in the woods. Much love, HMT, horror movie talk, and I hope you never get stalked in the woods because nothing good ever happens in the woods. <laughs> I like that he never mentions what happens to the girl. Well, like, he doesn't And know. I never saw her again. He, does, he ran away from her. That's a great story, Bugsy. Mm. Thanks for that one. And with that, I'm done. This show is, this is a long fucking show. You guys got your money's worth, which is you didn't pay anything <laughs> unless unless, uh, unless you're a patron, in which case I love you very much. And uh, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for coming on the show, Dustin. We really appreciate it. And Thanks for having me, man. Hopefully I didn't mess up your guys' rating or anything. <laughs> oh, dude, it's, uh, it, you know, it's 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 an inevitable downfall from here you know it's, yeah. we hit the the high high water mark and the dizzying highs <laughs> and so with that um and thank you for all the art that you've done for us yeah. will you stick around f to to record an after pod with us uh yeah yeah i can okay cool all right so with that uh we love you very much make sure to check out our website that's horrormovietalk.com make sure to share the podcast with a friend because that is how we grow and of course become a patron or do your shopping on amazon after you click through the link in the header of our website uh special thanks big special thanks this episode to dustin gobel um you guys should check him out on his website give yourself some plugs here dustin do you have do you have, what's your wh wh where should people find you uh mostly the instagram uh dgobel00 at instagram um you can also go to my website it's dustingobel.com um yeah and, and and even if you know you don't need artwork i'm always uh open to chat with uh any of the listeners as well yeah, what do you think about that Facebook group, the Horror Movie Talk Facebook group? It's awesome, man. It's uh, it's super entertaining. And Bryce, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm just preserving my energy. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Join the hey, join the Facebook group if you haven't. There's a lot of fun people there, and it's it's just a constant conversation. Yeah, it's crazy. I I don't know how we lucked into such great fans, but uh, they. 
they're constantly on there all talking, usually respectfully, unless, man, some people had some strong fucking opinions. Like, nothing M. Night Shyamalan has ever done <laughs> has been good in the least. And it's like, are you joking? Anyway, so, uh, so you guys uh, have a great week and we love you very much. Bye. Bye. Looking for a podcast full of burps and gas, perverted cast, skinny and fat, look no further. Horror movie talk is accidentally funny, begs to donate money, fake sponsors for dummies, and so much more. New episodes every hump day, they'll pickle your dickle for foreplay. Patreon members have it your way, vote for a movie every month for the review. Chopper chopper, don't just stare at it, eat it like a taco, put your tongue through the phone hoodie Picasso, look at them hot kids swearing not a pedo, got me too with Cosby eating jello, putting pop done gave Bryce flatulence, train addict addict Dave doesn't give a shit, one through ten is it horrible or excellent, oil me up, daddy is dinner, rum, sin kiss, Bryce Hansen, look at them hot kids, Chris Henson, masturbate with a crucifix, exorcist, face huggers, chest bursters, alien, Linda Blair, Pete, no Sigourney Weaver, I know it's true cause it came from social media, Patrick Bateman can't understand you, stab you to death for rotten apple reviews, opinionated podcaster with a doctorate, spook allergy, doctor of philosophy, bad gastritis, knee colostomy, turn patreons into human centipedes, David Doobie Day, scare no no expert, a global fucks hard, professional sex expert, after pods taglines and porno flicks, American Psycho, them guys pretty sick. Chopper, chopper, don't just stare at it, eat it like a taco. Put your tongue through the phone, hoodie Picasso. Look at them hot kids swearing not a pedo. Got me too with Cosby eating jello. Putting pops done, gave Bryce flatulence. Train addict, addict Dave doesn't give a shit. One through ten, is it horrible or excellent? Oil me up, daddy is dinner rubs. Nothing good happens in the woods. Always get more than you bargain for. Got a pickle to dickle. Machines tickle bitties. Vancouver, Portland, Oregon and organs. Corona, COVID, curse, Lorona. Green River Killer, because reasons. Hallway of poop monster kids screaming. It's your ordinary dingleberry itinerary. 30 days shutter and jump scares ain't fucking scary. Time for the spoilers with jokes and tropes. Use their white socks to catch their loads. To show them one titty, pretty. Paganism, you should worship. They Teflon dicks. Pacific Northwest, let them see one breast. Shifty ass, stay spooky. Poor man's digress. Bugsy. HMT. Hard movie talk.